said February exactly how it's spelled out that was weird anyways uh, I can't believe it's already a new month I saw this meme the other day that was like something about like does so does 2021 have only like other months or is it just January and I usually relate to this account but I was like I don't feel that way. I feel like this kind of flew by but I don't know maybe that's just me anyways I am super excited to be sharing this episode with Angela it was a long time coming, and so it was just such a great, um, I'm so grateful to have had that conversation with her, and she's just like a beam of light. Like, you can just tell from her voice in this episode that, like, she's such a kind-hearted person and a breath of fresh air, and um, yeah, I'm really just pumped to be, you know, able to have this conversation shared with you all before I dive into it i wanted to talk about a couple of my sponsors the first being BetterHelp. they're the on- largest online counseling service that i use and they've just been immensely immensely helpful during um these past few months and i'm incredibly grateful for my counselor and the awesome thing is is that you all can um have a similar experience and pay a fraction of what you would you know pay for in regular therapy so if you are interested to get and you want to get 10% off your first month, you can go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe or betterhelp.com slash Zoe for 10% off your first month. Again, I cannot express enough how much I love therapy and how much it's helped me. Um, and so, yeah, I think the BetterHelp is like a really great place to start. So again, that's trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to... The amazing couple that built my website, they are BE Digital. And if you take a look at solaceinthecity.com, you can just see like the beautiful work that they can create. They've also created a number of my friends' websites. So if you want or are interested in, you know, having a website built out, but don't want to just use like a generic platform like uh, Squarespace or Wix or something like that, you should 100% reach out to them and you can check them out at bedigitalseo.com. So that's bedigitalseo.com to see their amazing work. And now, without further ado, here is Angela. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I am so excited to finally be here with Angela Amasqua, who is known from ABC's The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, but she's also a model, an influencer, and so much else. So, Angela, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to finally have the opportunity to speak with you and share a conversation with my listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be fun. Awesome. So... Just to get started, um, I want a little to know a little bit more about you. So if you don't mind, just like telling me about yourself, where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? 
Sure. So I just turned 31 in November. I literally cannot believe that I have a three as my front number. It's like I had the whole year of my 30s, like my 30 to get used to it. And I'm still not used to it. So I'm 31. Um, I grew up in Maryland, but I live in South Carolina now. It's kind of just, I call South Carolina my like landing spot just because before mm -hmm. COVID I was always traveling everywhere. Um, so I, I transferred to the South. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I grew up in a really small town. And so I kind of, I liked growing up there, but I just knew I wanted, my dreams were always bigger than my town that I lived in. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. knew if I wanted to, you know, make my dreams come true, then I had to kind of scoot. And so I did. And I'm so glad that I, I did because I've, I've been able to do, you know, check off a lot of the things that I had always wanted as a kid. So that's really awesome. Where in Maryland did you grow up? I'm, I went to college in Maryland. <laughs> oh, you did? So in Western Maryland? Where'd you go to college? Doing math. I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Okay, okay. Baltimore. Okay, do you know where Hagerstown is? No. Hagerstown is like an hour. Okay, you definitely won't know my town then because Hagerstown is like the big town compared to my town. Okay. So I'm in like the panhandle. So I'm more like country versus coast. So Baltimore is two, two and a half hours from here. Got it. I was going to ask if it was near Eastern, but it's not near Eastern. because No, uh, it's Western. It's Western. And it's so stupid because like if I back before COVID, like whenever I would fly home to visit, I have to fly into Baltimore and then get a rental car and drive two and a half hours. Like Baltimore is the closest airport. That's how small my town is. Oh, wow. Okay. So definitely a small town. And then where in South Carolina are you? So I'm in the upstate um, and it's really great. I'm like an hour and a half to Charlotte and then like two hours to Atlanta. So like with modeling and my bookings and everything, it's really great because a lot of the times I'll have bookings there so I can just jet up there. Um, but again, I'm, I'm inland. I'm, I'm, and it's so funny because I'm such a water person. Like the beach is my happy place. Yeah. The next spot that I move, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a coast somewhere. <laughs> well, at least you're having nice weather. That's like yeah. definitely what I'm enjoying about the South. Um, so anyways, prior to going on The Bachelor, what were you doing? You mentioned modeling. So is that, you know, where, is that what you went to go pursue? Yeah. So modeling is kind of what I wanted to do my whole life. Um, growing up, that's what I would use to cut pictures out of magazines and like put them on my door and just be like, oh, I'm going to do this when I get older. And I've just always wanted to. And it's really funny because you had mentioned you used to live in New York. So right after I graduated high school, um, I did actually have an agency in New York City for a hot minute. Um, I was 17 when I graduated high school and New York is like five, six hours away from here. So I got an agency in New York and I went up and did a couple of castings and I quickly realized I was in over my head. I was just so yeah. naive about the industry at the time because I didn't realize how fast paced it was and it's like cutthroat and you know, I'm just this little small town girl. I didn't really know. And so they would call me like the day before and say, oh, we need you here at noon. And I'm like, I'm 17. You can't just drive into the city and park yeah. either, you know? So I literally would drive to Baltimore, just two and a half hours, get on a bus from Baltimore to New York City, which was like three, three and a half hours and try to just navigate in one day as a 17 year old by myself. And I was just like, all right, I, I think I'm just going to go. I had a full um, academic scholarship. Like I had a full ride. So I was like, I think I'm just going to do the college thing and figure out modeling later. Yeah, that's a lot for 17. Yeah, yeah. My, my New York modeling didn't last that long, but it was just, and I didn't, I didn't want to like live in a shoebox with 10 other girls either. Like I, I need my, I need 
my space. So I was like, I think I'm just going to do the college thing and figure out modeling later. So what I'm assuming your school was not in New York. Did you, were you back South and then did you stay South for modeling or, or how did that progress? So, um, I had a full ride to a university, which is probably like less like 25 minutes from my parents' house. And so my first two years, I went to that university uh, university, and um, I did business as my major marketing. And I, from the get-go, I wanted to go to WVU, which is West Virginia University. Um, it's like an hour and 15 from where I grew up. And it's like a major, major university. And I just wanted to go there. But I was really mad because they didn't give me the scholarship that I deserved because I was out of state. Mm -hmm. And what makes it even more frustrating is the West Virginia border is literally five minutes from my house. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I wanted to go there from the get go. So after two years, um, I had just at this university close to my parents' house, I decided I'd just broken up with like my long term boyfriend and I just was feeling like I was still in high school and I didn't want to miss out. So I literally left my full ride academic scholarship and I transferred to WVU. And I finished out my last two years um, there, graduated summa cum laude with marketing, um, business marketing degree. And people were like, you're crazy. Like now you're going to have student loans and blah, blah. Looking back, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Now I have student loans. But I honestly, if I, if I had to go back, I wouldn't change a thing because I had the time of my life and I got that college experience. And now I can never look back and be like, oh, I wonder what I missed out on. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. It's like. Yeah, it's worth the, or the ends will justify the means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it sucks. I could have, you know, I was literally getting like paid to go to college, you know, kind of like I just got like, you know, $20 back at the end or whatever. But still, I mean, I got a free ride. And then I gave it all up because I wanted I wanted the experience. And so after graduating, did you go directly into modeling? So I, so after graduating, I knew I wanted to move. I knew I wanted to go like somewhere bigger and so I could model and whatever. And so I nannied and, and lived with my parents for a year. Um, after I graduated, saved up money because I made, I made bank nanny and it was great. <laughs> and so I just saved it all. And I was like, all right, I got to figure out. So I took that year to figure out. And then it kind of, everything kind of just fell into place. And I'm a very big believer in that. Like, um, so basically I just, I went to South Carolina to visit a family friend. Long story short, I just felt so at home. I loved it. Um, and I was just like, I'm moving there. And I did. And <laughs> then I just, I just started modeling immediately. And then, um, I went from having one agents, one agency to two, and now I have three. Um, so yeah, it's kind of honestly, like I, it's like, the whole, I'm a, I'm a very like faith-filled person. And it's like, I know God is going to just like carve out the path for me. And he totally has, and everything's just fell into place. It's, it's, it's wild. If I like, like now that I'm like talking about it out loud, just thinking about it, how, cause I, I didn't have a job lined up or anything. I just moved down there and it all just happened. Yeah. It's funny. I have a question I'm going to ask you at the end of the episode, but I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> yeah. Basically, like everything happening for a reason and just, you know, looking back and being like, wow, the, the puzzle really came together somehow. But I'm really interested in the correlation between mental health and modeling because, you know, you, there. I mean, for a number of reasons from 
watching America's Next Top Model when I was younger and seeing like the pressure that these girls would be under and the stereotype of, you know, models being told they have to be a certain size or a certain height and things like that. So from your experience, what was the modeling industry like? Like, did you find it to be mentally draining at all? So in my, in my experience, I, I think I, I don't want to say I got off a little bit lucky, but you know, as I said, I've mostly worked in smaller markets. So like Charlotte, Atlanta, um, South Carolina, I've done some stuff here and there in LA and, um, I've done some like really cool jobs in Anguilla, but I've never had the experience of like new, like New York city, like Mm -hmm. cutthroat, cutthroat. Like, yeah, I did it when I was 17 for like a, a month, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the everyday grind that they go through up there. So, um, in regards to mental health, yeah, I mean, I've still had some experiences where it's, you know, you really think you're perfect for a casting and you go in and you walk out and you feel like you nailed it and you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to book this job. There's no way. And then they don't choose you. And you're like, what, you know, of course, and especially as a female, our first instinct normally is like, well, what's wrong with me? And like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. It's like, I learned years ago and I'm very much an advocate. It's, it's not you. Like you have to remember that it's not you. Like there's nothing wrong with you, especially in the modeling world. It's, they don't look at you as a human being. They look at you as a mold. Like we have somebody already pictured in our mind of what we want for our ad or commercial or whatever. And then you bring in the cattle call of girls and whoever it's almost, you know what I used to, you know what I used to say? It's like, you know how when you read a book and then you, you dream up this character in your head, you already yeah. know what they look like. And then when the movie comes out and you're like, that's not what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's kind of the same concept. So it's like, you have to remember, it's not you, it's nothing personal. And that's what you have to remember and, and stay strong in that way. But I mean, yeah, it's easy to compare yourself when you're around, you know, a million beautiful women. It's kind of like the bachelor, you know, you <laughs> beautiful people around you all the time you're like huh perfect transition I was going to say like a what made you decide to go on The Bachelor and then I'll you know you can answer this after but having that experience in modeling being surrounded by these beautiful women all the time and knowing literally it's not me as in like did that so yeah so first question being what made you decide to go on The Bachelor so I actually, I, I didn't apply. My, my mom nominated me, didn't tell me. And so I got a phone call one day and it went to voicemail and they were like, oh, we're producers of The Bachelor and blah, blah, blah. And I'm best friends with my mom. I mean, we talk all the time. I tell her everything. We've always been super close. So I call her. I was like, mom, I think I'm being pranked by somebody. Like, <laughs> you know, somebody said they were from The Bachelor. I was like, like, cause her, she, like, we would watch it together. Yeah. You know, and we, we love the romance of it and the dates and whatever. And, uh, anyway, she was like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. I submitted you. And I was like, I, what? Like, <laughs> And at first I was just like, you know, it's just really, I love the show and I believe that it works, but like, it just wasn't up my alley. Just I'm very old school, like very old school. Like I want somebody to chase me. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to compete for attention. Like I do that enough for my job. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I didn't, I didn't 
I wasn't sure. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't think I'm really going to call him back. And she was like, Angela, she was like, just call them. Just see what they have to say. Just entertain it and blah, blah. I was like, fine, whatever. I'll do it for you. They're never going to pick me. <laughs> and then lo and behold, <laughs> I end up in Bachelor Mansion, but not for long. <laughs> did you, did you know it was going to be Nick Vial as the Bachelor? So, I mean, we knew obviously before we went, um, but not, I mean, we had like a, oh my gosh, it seems like a lifetime ago. We had some notice, but it wasn't a lot. Um, I, you know, went through the process being, you know, knowing like, hey, like, you know, this could work. Um, I really believed in the show. I just didn't know if I was going to be like a right fit for that environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was the girl who went in there, like really wanting the relationship and like really honestly, like wanting to come out engaged. And, uh, and then we found out that it was Nick and we were all shocked because he wasn't really in the running. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so once I found out it was him, I was kind of like, Ooh, wait, I like this because he had just been on paradise and it was like this new, I don't know if it's a new version of Nick, but it was like a Nick that we hadn't seen all seen before. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I really like this. And I told him whenever I got out of the limo, I was like, you know, I'm glad, like, I'm glad it's you. I'm not sure I would have came if it wasn't because at the end of the day, obviously we have our own decision. If we decide, yes, I want to come on the show if invited or no, I don't want to. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was glad that it was him. And did you feel any sort of connection with him on that first night or did you like at the rose ceremony kind of expect going home? I did not feel any connection. No, it was was not good. Um, It was just, we had like our conversation. Okay. First off, I interrupted his conversation with Liz and if anybody remembers our season, like he was shocked that Liz was there because he had, hooked up with her before and didn't know she was coming and so I and I went into that unknowing any of that and so and he was like it kind of it kind of threw me off guard because he was like oh can you give us one more minute instead of like oh yeah bye and so I was like okay so that was like off the bat I was just thrown off and then I don't know our conversation was only like two minutes long and it just wasn't it wasn't a great combo it was just I wasn't it just I didn't feel great about it Um, and so, and I said before, I've said this before, but, um, before going in, I had a gut feeling like that women's intuition. I was like, I feel like I'm either going to make it like, this was before I met him. I was like, I feel like I'm either going to make it to the end or I'm going to get cut first night. I didn't feel like I was going to fall in between anywhere. Yeah. And, and so going into the rose ceremony, I didn't feel great because I was like, there wasn't much flirting. I didn't feel like that thing, that intangible, you know what I mean? And I'm sure he didn't. And it was just kind of awkward. And I was just disappointed because I was so excited and I just wanted it all to go so differently. And I was, again, I really should start researching stuff before I do it, obviously. (laughs) But I was just naive to kind of, you know, to how the show works, you know what I mean? Like I had seen it, but I didn't know like, the behind the scenes type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't know. I didn't feel great about it. Um, I thought there was a chance I might stay, but I didn't obviously feel great. And it's funny because we were talking about, you know, everything kind of happening for some weird reason. And for you, it seemed like it definitely did because, you know, you are old school. You don't want to be chasing the guy, which is literally 
the whole premise of The Bachelor. <laughs> so, and then you get an invitation to go on Bachelor in Paradise. I think, I mean, at that point, was it, re- I think it was like relatively new or like there had been a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think there was two or three seasons before I had done it. And that's why I was excited about Paradise. Cause I was like, oh, this is so much more my speed. Cause it's like an even playing field. It's at the beach. Like this is my jam. <laughs> so when you got that invitation, like were you gung ho about going on or did any part of being eliminated early on from next season dissuade you? No, I, I was pretty, I was pretty gung ho about it. I mean, yeah, that was that there was a little bit of hesitation. Cause I was like, if I literally go on here and get sent home the first row ceremony again, then I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a little bit of fear. And then also I was going to be the girl that like nobody remembered like viewer wise. I mean, cause there was people there from my season. Like I got on with the girls like on bachelor the first night. So well, like Astrid and I, um, had stayed in touch since night one Raven and I really nice Taylor like a bunch of the girls um so like I knew there was going to be people there that I knew and I'm like a bubbly goofy person so I have no I'm an extrovert I have no problem like going into a room and making friends yeah. but the, I think the thing that was kind of in my in the back of my head maybe holding me back a little bit was like if I literally get eliminated on the first thing again then it's just going to be it's embarrassing yeah, it'd be like a fool me once situation. <laughs> correct, correct. So, but you know what? It's like you can't let fear determine your fate, you know? So I just had to trust. And I was like, I'm going to go for it. And so did you have any expectations going in aside from, you know, possibly being eliminated night one? Like, and if so, were they met or they exceeded or, or what? I didn't really have any expectation. Oh, well, here's the thing is... I'm trying to remember. So I originally was supposed, or I was in talks to be on the season, obviously right after my season of The Bachelor, but then it got shut down halfway um, mm. for all of that. And then timing was like really short, like to refilm when it started back up. And so they didn't end up bringing me. So I was kind of let down. I was like, oh, I really was like wanting, you know, to do it. Um, so I was kind of let down about that. But then again, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trust it. It wasn't meant to be this time. And then um, next, you know, the next season, and they were like talking to me about that. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it or whatever. Um, so I didn't really have any, I didn't have any expectations other than I thought I was excited that it was more of an even playing field. Like yeah. there are more guys and girls and it was going to be more like interactive and we wouldn't have to just sit around and wait you know um but no I mean I really honestly I didn't have any expectations yeah and I think that's like a good mentality to go in with things yeah like, like they can, they can only, only not be disappointed and, yeah exactly and so I didn't realize that the season after Nick's was when they had the shut everything be shut down so Going into the season that you did go on, did you know any of the girls or guys, I guess? Um, Astrid was there. So I was so happy about that. Who else? Oh my gosh. I can't even remember. Is that awful? I just feel like it was a million years ago. I know Astrid was there. Um, Did I know anybody else? I can't even think of like that first 
cast. I don't know, but like, again, I made friends super quick. Like that yeah. first day, it was just, I remember Crystal and I just clicked right off the bat. She she came down to me and she was like, oh, you're Angela, right? You got on the red dress, you gave him the picture, blah, blah, blah. I was like, how do you, you remember? Cause I was like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, some people knew who I was, which was good, but other people were like, who's that? <laughs> you know? So no, um, it was good. I made friends quickly and I can't believe, I gotta go back and like look at a picture now to see like, who was on the first day with me that season. But I know for sure Astrid was there and I obviously knew her, but no, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And so I've had a a lot of guests um, on this podcast who were on The Bachelor and like a lot of, you know, what we talk about is either the, the mental health difficulties during the show and then also afterwards with like, the crazy fans, the internet trolls. Um, so I guess like going through the experience, how did you find your mental health to be? I mean, at least from talk, from what it sounds like, I think Bachelor in Paradise is a little bit like of a less intense version in terms of, you know, there's less producer manipulation there. It's more organic. Um, but obviously, you know, you're still stuck in Mexico super hot like yeah there's no air conditioning that's yeah that is it's wild definitely, definitely great, great time. <laughs> like how are you supposed to like look cute for the guys and you know you're gonna be on tv and you're just you're, like, sweating, sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I yeah that would I have no idea how everyone does it but regardless how did you find your mental state to be throughout that process um, well, I would say it was definitely a different, so I was on two seasons of Paradise. So my first season and my second season, my mental state was completely different mm-hmm. during each of those. Um, my first one, it was good. I was kind of just like, I was having a great time. I was just like bebopping around and having fun. And then, you know, things obviously, the longer you're there, get more intense and in depth because feelings get involved and triangles and drama and all the things and so yeah it's like and it it, it's I think one of the worst parts for me was mental health wise is I didn't so like I said I'm really good friends with my mom and like I get her advice about everything and I talk to her about boys about career any I'm like mom how do I you know boil an egg I know how to boil an egg but I can you know like just everything I talk to her about everything and so I think that she's like my little consultant you know what I mean and you don't have that when you're there you don't talk to any family you don't talk to any friends you're cut off from everything except the producers and the people who you're living with so I think that was kind of my hardest thing was I didn't have anybody who I can confide in that I knew I 100% trusted um so you learn very quickly when you're there who your friends are and who to trust which is for some people, you know, it's better than others, but yeah, I was going to say that's, that's like interesting you say that because I feel like that determines kind of the, your fate in the show. <laughs> if you're trusting the right people, then maybe it goes a little bit more smoothly than if, if you're not. So I guess you, I mean, you mentioned being on both seasons and I'm obviously a huge bachelor fan and watched both. How was your mental state different in the second? Well, my mental state in the second is, um, 
you know, I was, I felt like I was just walking into the lion's den, you know, I, I didn't have the warmest welcome, um, which I, you know, was kind of taken aback by, I mean, I, I kind of expected it, but at the same time, I was just like, wait a minute, like, why am I getting treated differently when A, I, I'm not the bad guy in this situation, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not the one who didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. And like, I just felt like it was such a double standard. Like as a female, I was just pissed off, frankly, because I just felt like it was such a double standard. Like if he's allowed to be here and he's okay with it, why am I not allowed to be here? You know what I'm saying? Like I was, yeah. And I said that on the show and I am so happy that they aired that because people were like, yeah, that's so true. And I'm just like, if a guy does it, it's fine. But if a girl does it, oh my gosh. And I was just like, no, 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 no. So yeah, I mean, I felt like I was walking into the lion's den and I'm used to being friends with everybody. I hate drama. Like I, I'm like the peacemaker. I want everybody to be cool. And so it was just a different vibe um, going in. And like the first season that I was on, I had, we were all so tight and it was like a little family and just everybody was great. And then the second season, it was just like, I did not, I mean, there was like Katie Moe, um, Christian, Haley Ferguson, like all those girls made me feel so welcome. Like Katie Moe and I literally talk multiple times a day. We're best friends. Like yeah. she's one of my really close friends. So, I mean, there's some people, but like didn't get the warmest welcome. Yeah. And it's tough too, because you know, you're facing, you're already facing that externally, as I mentioned before, from like crazy fans and, um, people on Instagram who just have nothing better than to do than project their own insecurities on you. And then facing that internally as well, it must've been like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, like we're supposed to build each other up. Yeah. And it, I know. And that's what I'm always, I've always been like the biggest advocate for like women supporting women. And that's why whenever, you know, Nicole and I sat down, I was like, listen, I'm not here to blow up your spot. Like I'm not, I'm here to do me. Like you do you have fun. Like I'm here from like, you know what I mean? Like I just was, I honestly, truly swear to you I was not there to cause any drama and I think it showed I think it showed like I didn't I didn't want to talk to you know him I didn't want to I didn't want to intervene at all I was like you do you I'm here for me like that's really why I was there so I was like if you get the chance I should get the chance too and I was given the chance and I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take it why wouldn't I so yeah I, I really was like, I'm not trying to, to, to make fun of anybody, to blow up anybody's spot, to try to get in between anybody. And I didn't. And I think America saw that. And they were like, oh yeah, wait, she really was there to like find somebody, which yeah. I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but do you think in any way production or the intent of bringing you on was to kind of make it look like you were there to disrupt things? Um, well, at the end of the day, it was my, like, I was given the option. Like, you know, I could have said, no, I don't want to, you know, they don't make you do anything. They don't make, they don't force you to do at me at the end of the day we're all in control of what we say of our actions you know what i'm saying so like i never blame anything on production because we're all in control of our own selves at the end of the day yeah, yeah. we're adults you know what i mean but yeah i mean i could have said no 
um, and not gone. But, you know, I was, again, I was given the chance and I was like, I deserve love. I was the one in the relationship who was serious about, you know, a future and a relationship. And I wanted those things. And so I was like, well, I should definitely get the opportunity. So I took it. But I mean, I look when I was watching the season back. Yeah, I mean, I kind of when I was in it, I didn't realize that that's how it was going to be. Because what they didn't show, I'll tell you this, what they didn't show at the wedding was I literally was kind of like a mini bachelorette. So Mike and Chase literally kept stealing me from each other that whole night. And it was, it was wild. So like they didn't really show Mike and I talking at all during the wedding portion, yeah. which I get, why would they? It's not about me. It's about, it was, it was Crystal and Kristen's wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so like I was going in there thinking like, oh, I have these two great options. I made great connections. And that was the other thing why I decided to go in because it's like, if I was at the wedding and I didn't connect with anybody, I was going to be like, well, what, you know, why would I put myself through that? But I really had amazing connections with both of them. And so I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what happens. And I already knew that Mike was there. And he had even said to me at the wedding, he's like, why don't you come to the beach? And I was like, oh, I wish I could. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So they did it. They didn't show the Mike thing. So I think it did like in hindsight, obviously the way that it was edited looked like I was going in there. And then the way that, you know, Clay was like, oh, I still care about you. And he put his hand on my leg, which by the way, in the, in the moment, I didn't even realize he put his hand on my leg. I swear to you. I was like, when I saw that back, I was like, wait, did he do that? <laughs> he did. He did obviously, but it's just so crazy when you're filming and you're in the moment, you're just, it's, it's why, like, that's why I think we all get along so well is that it's like a camaraderie is because we've all just been through this crazy experience together. So we just like, no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a definitely a common theme I've heard of. It's like you can't really explain it to anyone else unless they've gone through it. It's like yeah. some weird summer camp. Like <laughs> it truly is. It truly is. That, is. that is spot on. Yeah, but I see – I kind of see how it looked of me going in there, but there's obviously always more to the story. Yeah, and you clearly redeemed yourself by, as you said, kind of shedding light on the misogyny and the double standard of – yeah, of like, you know, being Men. Men. <laughs> exactly. I'll say it for So I've was I've been watching a lot of your YouTube videos and like something I love is A, you're clearly a very just like outgoing and bubbly and kind person and you just project positivity. But this has been a crazy year and I was wondering, A, how your mental health is currently, and B, if you ever feel like a sort of pressure to or anything to keep up that optimism because, you know, your viewers and your fans and your followers know you for being that bubbly person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this year with the pandemic has obviously been super unexpected and hard for everybody and it's it's affected people in different degrees um i have been blessed enough that like i have been healthy and my immediate family has stayed healthy um and so you know i'm i always try to keep that in mind 
I think in general, even before the pandemic, if like something bad is happening or a situation that I'm just upset about or whatever, I always, I have this, I literally have a sign right before you leave my door to go outside in my house. And it's um, one of those signs you can like make your own message or whatever. And I put count your blessings because I always, I always just try to remember like, I have a great life. You know, that's just one of my like tactics, I guess, to like dig myself out of like negative thinking and situations. It's, you know, like count your blessings. Like, yes, this is a horrible thing, but this, 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 and this is a positive thing. But yeah, I mean, my mental health, just like everybody, I think this year has kind of, it's swayed. It's, it's been a roller coaster. It's at some points I will have been like, well, like, okay, I understand this is happening. We have to, it just has become like, it's sunk in, like this is life now. But then, you know, three days later, I'll be, you know, on a roller coaster of being like, this is so stupid. Like, this isn't like, why is this happening? Like, why can't we get it under control? Like, I just want to be able to like, fly home to see my, my parents and not drive eight and a half hours by myself and have to worry about getting it at the gas station when I'm getting gas and then taking it home. You know, it's like, yeah, I go through overthinking and I'm, I'm, I think, I think that's one thing that people forget, like, especially from the show with like social media and stuff. It's like, we're normal human beings. We have normal feelings just like everybody else. So, you know, I feel like people tend to forget that whenever they say nasty things online. Like, um, so yeah, it's like, I, I've gone through my fair share of ups and downs and there's, you know, external things too that play into that. But for the most part, I do try to, to stay positive because my whole theory is like, what is being negative going to help? I'm a full advocate for feel your feelings, acknowledge your feelings, don't shut them down. Um, but try to see like the silver lining and things. And it's hard sometimes. I'm not saying it's not because I've full blown had meltdowns throughout this whole year, lots of meltdowns, you know, but, um, I do, I do try to just stay positive. And again, like one of my YouTube videos is on how to stay positive and a big thing for me. And I know this is just personal and individual and I know everybody has their own beliefs, but faith and God and everything has literally gotten me through it. It's, I lean on that number. That's my number one thing to get me through it. Life-changing. Yeah. I think kind of, as you said, counting your blessings and I, this is New Year's resolution that I'll start in February, I guess, because I haven't started yet, but I, I used to keep a gratitude journal and every day just write down three things I was thankful for. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Have you heard of the five minute journal? I've okay. I've seen it, but I don't know anything about it. I've just like seen it on like a story. You know what I mean? But I don't know anything about it. I'll probably get a sponsored ad like right when I pick up my phone after this, but it's awesome. It's basically, you know, it, it makes journaling, even though I'm a big I love journaling, but it makes the concept of journaling like a little bit more tangible. So you, every day you write three things you're grateful for in the morning, three things that would make the day great. And then I I think it's like a a quote for the day. I forget the last part. It's like a quote or a mantra for the day or something like that. And then you end the day by saying three great things that happened in the day and one thing that, um, you learned or like could have done differently or can grow from. Oh, I love that. Wait, I love that. How you can like learn from it and grow from it. That's great. It's, it's awesome. awesome. I need to look into this. It's 
it's probably on like Urban Outfitters or something like that. But what I loved about it too is I found it like that I used to be just a very like glass half empty kind of superstitious person. And then thinking, you know, oh, like always expecting the worst just in case so that I couldn't be let down. And then this just made my mind do a total shift into like the whole manifestation and things like that because I found myself writing things that would make the day great and then happening because it was like if they're at the top of your mind, you're like, I'm not going to do my three things that are going to make the day great if I don't, you know, go to the gym today or like go on a walk or hug my dog. So yeah. And I, I totally am with you on that. I know somebody who's, who's, you know, I'm, it's close to me and they are, it's, they're a very negative person. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying like, that's the reality is they're always, you know, the woe is me. And this, like, they're just very negative about how they think about things. And they not bad things happen to them, but like, you know, stupid stuff. They're like, Oh, that would happen to me type of things happen to them. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I think it's because you're such a negative person. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't do any good. I'm all for acknowledging, you know, your feelings, but try to like rise above. And like you said, kind of think of things that you're grateful for and how can you learn from the negative situations? Exactly. Especially in a time as crazy as this, where we're literally forced to think with our, like to sit with our thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you're, you're literally forced to face reality and it's hard. Like, I am, I'm such a positive, bubbly, like thankful gratitude person, but I have even had, had, I've had like struggles. I've had real struggles throughout the pandemic and, and I haven't, and I've been lucky and blessed enough to not have had like a family member die from COVID or anything. And it's like, I, so I can't imagine what, you know, people who have more horrible problems than me. Are, are dealing with. And that's why it's like, I'm, I think it's so great to have like a community. That's why I love like my Instagram following. And I try to be as positive as I can on there. And, you know, I try to not, if there's something negative on my page, I'm like, we don't do that here. Yeah. You, you can't sit with us. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so I think it's great that, you know, as females and as women, we uplift each other and are there for each other and support each other because, as we all know, women's emotions are complex, you know, compared to men. It's great. I'm not, I'm not excluding men. If they want to come be positive, let's do it. But. Yeah, exactly. If you want to start being emotionally available, then welcome to the hey, holla. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's so important as women that we are there for each other and not, you know, like not compare ourselves and, and things like that. It's like straighten, straighten your sister's crown. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can wear crowns. Like it doesn't have to be one person. Exactly. That's kind of like my mantra is like, let's all just be super positive and, and, you know, just be thankful for what we do have. I love that. Hey guys, me really quick. I just wanted to talk about a couple of my amazing sponsors. The first being Sakara. Sakara is a company that delivers fresh, organic, perfectly portioned meals, um, right to your home or your, you know, virtual office or wherever you are so that you can get back to feeling really good again, both mentally, physically, etc. I feel like at the beginning of every year, you know, you're thinking about like, how do I become my best self for 2021 or whatever? And a lot of that usually is around like eating well, um, whether it be for your like 
physical, you know, health or your mental well-being. And something I love about Sakara is like their philosophy is very like based on it's very much based on like eating well so that you can feel what well in your brain, feel well in your body. Um, and they have a bunch of different programs, whether it's like their signature program or their 10 day reset. Um, and then they have a clean boutique where I get my probiotics and metabolism super powder. So I just highly recommend them. They really are about like feeding your like mind, body and soul, which is super cool. So if you want 20% off your order, you can go to sakara.com and then they use the code XOZOE at checkout. So again, that's sakara.com code is XOZOE and you'll get 20% off your order. So I always wrap up with a couple of questions that I usually say are unrelated to anything we talked about. But as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I kind of, you've definitely answered a couple. So well, some of them might go quick, but others I'm, I'm still really interested in hearing. First question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Ooh, um, I would say... Um Somebody very, very, very close to me uh, the last two years has been ill and I've gone through some things that I never thought I could get through, but I have. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's definitely made me a stronger person. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And it's, I can only imagine how lucky they are to have you in their life because you're such a light and, you know as I can clearly tell positive and positive energy to be around. Thank you. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. That's so nice of you to say. No, I, I seriously was watching your YouTube video. I was like, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> but, uh, okay, yeah, you are this nice. Well, thank you. And I also, with that, I do want to say is that like sometimes though, like throughout all of that, if you're going through something, then like, you have to, you have to like let somebody else take care of you sometimes. You know what I mean? Cause I'm oh, yeah. always the person I'm the nurturer. So like, I want to be there for everybody else, but like, I love the expression, like you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So like, as much as I want to like, you know, help everybody and do everything for everybody, like someday it's so against my nature to like, let somebody like take care of me for a day. Or, you know, if I'm feeling sad to like, care for me but I think I've learned that's another thing that I've learned is it's very important to to kind of let let yourself have like those moments to just recharge it's okay to do that exactly definitely learn that throughout like especially the pandemic and stuff it's totally totally you need to do that for your mental health that's why I'm such a proponent of therapy because I'm like you literally guess just get to talk to someone for 45 minutes and they're getting paid to listen to you like they're literally sitting there like there just so you can vent and like so let it out yeah and refill your cup next question is do you believe everything happens for a reason I sure do girl (laughs) I do I do and it's um I I do love this story so it's like whenever I mean obviously I told the story earlier but whenever I was flying home from getting sent home night one everyone was like oh were you just crying and so upset and I was like no I actually felt at really at peace because I felt like this happened for a reason like God have like made this happen for a reason this is where I'm supposed to be this was meant to be like I felt so at peace and it's I think it's because like I'm I trust you know what I mean I trust yeah I I go back I mean it's so funny because I get very like various 
answers whenever I ask people. And I, I definitely believe that there's something like a silver lining or something that can be found in everything that happens and grown like and learn from. And then I also have those th- like weird things like that make me think of the butterfly effect. And I'll be like, well, if I didn't meet this person and walk this person's dog on this day, I wouldn't have met their friend who then at this and this and this. And I'm like, something's up there. Like <laughs> something's planning this out. Um, mm-hmm. Next question. Is there a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Um, I would say, I would say count your blessings. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, I think it's very important, um, you know, for your mental health and just in general to be thankful for the things that you have. I mean, even the littlest things, like it's okay. Like you have to remind yourself that not everybody is fortunate as you, no matter how fortunate or less fortunate you are than some people. It's again, like you can't, you can't compare. You just have to go with your situation. And I'm like, Yes, I am so thankful that I have, it is freezing outside. I have a hot shower. You know what I mean? I have a roof. Like even sometimes, like if I'm having trouble, I'll be like, you know what? I'm so thankful that I have food in my fridge. I have a roof over my head. You know, like it's just, you have to, you just got to count your blessings because one day they might not be there. And it shifts your mindset. Sure does. It puts you in your place real quick. Yeah. (laughs) And that's needed sometimes. (laughs) Next question is, what do you love most about yourself? Ooh, um, I would say, what do I love most about myself? I would say I just have a really big heart and I think it, it's hard for me sometimes. Like I, like I said, I'm a nurturer, I'm a giver and it's really hard sometimes because most times sometimes you don't get that back from people and it's discouraging so but I really wouldn't have it any other way I just I care deeply about everything you know Mm -hmm. like whether it be passions people projects a tv show like I get I get involved like I'm very I just have a big heart and that's you know one of the reasons why I just really love like one of my like goals going forward is I've, I've always worked with charities, um, with like children. I'm, I'm really, I love that. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to do a fundraiser with one. And, um, that is kind of like, that motivates me. That fills my cup up. It's like, I think that like me doing things with the kids and, and all of that, like that really lifts me up. I think it probably helps me more than it does them, you know? And, and I think it's like, I, I love my big heart, but it's, it's hard also yeah oh I'm forgetting what this guy said on um Isaac said on this last episode but it was such a great thing it was like esteemable actions build self-esteem or something like that oh that totally makes sense though that totally makes sense yeah I think that's what it was yeah I think it is it's like when you do something good it makes you feel good and like you don't need it. It's almost like for Christmas, like for Christmas this year, I didn't even want anything. I just didn't even want anything. Cause that's not what is important. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think things happen in your life, like the pandemic stuff. And you're just like, I don't need anything. Like I just want to, so, okay. For Christmas this year, one of my best friends and I, there was, um, a, like a motel that had children living there that, you know, or their families were struggling and they weren't going to get anything for Christmas. And we went out and gathered up like 
I don't know, $1,500. We put in our own money, of course, and we went out and we got just basics like clothes, toothbrush, toys, books, things like that. And we went and we took it to them and we did it because we knew they weren't going to have anything for Christmas. And I'm telling you, I was my like endorphins from doing that out of this world. I was like, I don't want anything for Christmas. This is what I want to do. So that totally makes sense, that quote. Yeah. Sorry, Isaac, if I butchered it, but something along those lines. <laughs> and then last question, which is the name of the podcast, is how do you find solace in the city? And city can be, you know, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, I would say a couple of ways. I would say um, going and, you know, consulting people that I love and leaning on them. Um, like I said, I'm an extrovert, so I'm a, I'm a people person. Um, and then also, you know, my, my Bible and, and, you know, praying, I, that brings me so much comfort, honestly, like so much comfort. And then I would say just as like a fun one, um, girl, I'm going dessert. <laughs> dessert okay, brings me happiness. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I would say, I would say like Froyo. I love ice cream. Yeah. Or coconut cream pie. (laughs) Now I'm hungry. (laughs) Yeah, I miss like, I used to go to this Greek frozen yogurt place because it was like Greek yogurt and frozen. Oh, so good. Wow, that sounds amazing. You can put all the toppings based on your mood that day. Let's go. I definitely was like not keeping COVID precautions when I'd go to those places. I'd just be like. I know. I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder if they're even still open because of COVID, the places like that. Yeah. Thinking back, I'm like, wow, it was pretty disgusting when I would go into those and just like <laughs> try to get all the freebies I could. Oops. Um, sorry for all those places. Like, sorry, 16 carats. <laughs> well, anyways, Angela, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone follow you, listen to you, um, support causes that you care about? Just like plug everything. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Ange K seven and it's a N G K a Y seven. Um, that's also my Twitter. Um, so you can, follow, I'm, I'm not as active on Twitter. So <laughs> follow me on Instagram first and foremost. I've, I'm on there a lot. Um, and then I also have my YouTube channel, which you've mentioned earlier. Again, thank you so much for watching. That makes the world to me. That's like my little passion project. Um, but my YouTube is just my name, Angela Masqua. And then um, an upcoming event that I have is I'm going to be working with um, A Moment of Magic, and it is a nonprofit organization that helps, um, you know, create creative programming for children with serious illnesses. So we're, I'm going to be hosting a virtual workout event. Uh, so it'll be fun. And I'm also, there's a celebrity trainer um, that's going to be co-hosting with me as well. And we're going to do a virtual workout. It's on February 6th at 12 noon Eastern. Tickets are only $15. So it's, it's not super expensive. Cheaper than a workout class in New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. And a hundred percent of the proceeds will go directly to the foundation to help them running. Cause they're trying to find, cause normally we would go into the hospitals. Um, they dress up as like princesses and I would go out and like hand out roses and we could read and just, it was so much fun. I love working with them, but obviously we can't do that with COVID. So, you know, they're trying to come up with more creative things. Um, so it's definitely much needed. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to be sweating for a good cause. It'll be fun. Um, so that is February 6th and I'm going to put the link in my bio on my Instagram. So awesome. Well, thank you again and bye everyone. (laughs) Thank you. 